Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, just so you know, the last 20 minutes or so of this episode randomly gets really echoey. I'm not sure exactly what happened or how it happened or how to fix it. Um, So I apologize in advance, and hopefully I can fix the issue going forward. All right, enjoy the episode. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 12, Seeds. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? Oh, God, why didn't I even do this week? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been very busy on TikTok at the expense of actually editing the podcast. So, oops. (laughs) Um, It's been very entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I also... um, I ran out of Adderall as of today, officially. Oh, no. Um, that's that's my favorite part of ADHD. This is heavy sarcasm. It's not that I didn't know that I was running out. I was fully aware that I was running out. My brain, however, would not let me call the doctor for a refill. Oh, no. So all weekend I have been, like, abstaining from Adderall because I knew I only had one left. <laughs> and I the, the, the episode that I'm editing right now needs to go up like at midnight tonight so i was like okay i have to be strategic about the adderall situation (laughs) i know that i'm gonna need it the most on monday so i'm gonna take it on monday yeah (laughs) so that's uh that's me Um, well hopefully like now you have to call your doctor yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have to call today and like leave a message so how was your week caroline (laughs) well i was mostly just excited because we hit 300 followers on TikTok, and we have at least 120 listeners just in the last week, according to Anchor. It's crazy. I know. I'm it's, so excited. We have a small but active fan base. Yes. Not us, but the show. Right, right, yes. I mean, ours is smaller. Yeah, but... ours is even smaller. Um, only a little less but active. kind of active. A little bit active. <laughs> <laughs> but one of our active listeners is uh libby on tiktok she mentioned my stupid little name for the after credit scene that was so sweet i was Ah! so excited about that i was like oh my god (laughs) someone is making our own jokes back at us we've made it yes i love that (laughs) thank you for appreciating us libby (laughs) we appreciate you so much (laughs) but yeah i'm just i'm having a great time you know like For the first several weeks, it was really just us kind of listening to our own voices. (laughs) But now we have, like, tangible proof that other people are listening, too. And at least three of them that we know by name who are not, like, our immediately immediate friends and family, you know? So (laughs) I just am so excited that we have people coming along for the ride. Like, thank you so much for listening. It's so fun. It's so fun interacting with everyone on TikTok. And then... yes. I love when I'm scrolling through the podcast accounts for you page because honestly, that's even more fun than my like personal for you page now because it's just all Marvel memes. <laughs> and I love like scrolling through and seeing like a really good edit and seeing the little like follows you badge <gasps> above the username. Oh. I'm like, oh my God. 
It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so much fun. Thank you all for listening. We really, really appreciate you. Yes. Yeah, with that being said, let's get into this episode. Uh, So this episode was written by Monica Owusu-Breen. She did a a few episodes ago, too. Oh, okay. And Jed Whedon, who is the uh, co-creator and co-showrunner. Yes, we love. And it was directed by Kenneth Fink. All right. So let's talk about the characters. So we have quite a few characters uh, that we meet this episode. First of all, Callie Hannigan, uh, who is played by Mayata Walsh, who also played Mina Perum in Cory in the House. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> um, we also meet uh, Seth Dormer, who is an ungrateful little shit. <laughs> I didn't like him <laughs> from the beginning. We have Donnie Gill, and I assume he's supposed to be a comic book character because I don't like his name. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't remember it the entire time because the whole time I was just like, "That's Clay Jensen." <laughs> I just called him Thirteen Reasons Why guy. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole time. <laughs> Literally every time that they called him Donnie on the show, I was like, "Who? <laughs> Who are you talking about?" So I just called him Clay Jensen the whole time. So I, just so that y'all know. We also meet Agent Weaver, who works at the Academy, but it's unclear to me at least what her role is. Is she a dean? Is she a professor? Is she, like, security? I don't know. She's just Agent Weaver. Yeah, she's just Agent Weaver. She's just a badass, that's all. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> um, and then we also meet Agent Richard Lumley, and I don't, I don't even have a joke for him he's just fantastic i just loved him and agent linda avery who is perfect in every way i've only seen a still photo of her back but i she's incredible so she did what she had to do yes so let's crack into it Woohoo! um my initial train of thought for like the first 30 seconds of the episode basically went as follows who the fuck are these people? Oh my god, Clay Jensen. Oh my god, Mina Perum. <laughs> I remember watching this for the first time, recognizing her, and then realizing also for the first time that her accent on Corey in the House was fake. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so we see a thruple is sneaking into the indoor pool, albeit not very well. They're very loud. And also, I, I wasn't sure if it was like a public pool, a school pool. Like, I've never been to a pool that had bleachers so i i have i think like for like swim meets and stuff but what confused me is like it this is the SciTech school like why do they have a pool yeah but then it's like i mean i guess since they are training to be agents to an extent you have to have some sort of physical strength yeah so they probably have like a gym and a pool i guess um but I don't know. I didn't go to high school or college, so I don't know. <laughs> I've been on college campuses before, though, so I guess. Yes. yes. <laughs> you got to, like, cosplay as a college student. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that one time when I went yeah. with you to all of your classes at LSU? <laughs> and then one of your teachers was, like, so mad. <laughs> yeah. She was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> was that my French teacher? I think it was. I was like... I don't yeah. know. I like. I sh- Caroline told me that it would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just because that was was like a smaller class. Yeah, but in your communications class or whatever that was, that was really fun. Like I even like participated in class like discussion and <laughs> yeah, 
I was like, this is fun. Oh, my God. This is this is what college is like. It's college not. is great when you don't have to, like, pay for anything. or Yeah, when you don't have to pay for anything or take tests. Damn. Yeah. Honestly, though, for real. I'm sorry. I know that I'm going off on a tangent right now. But there needs to be, like, different styles of college. Because if I didn't have to have the pressure of, like, being tested for everything... I would do so well. I love to learn. Yeah. But I am a bad test taker. Right. As soon as someone asks me a question about what I have learned, like, my mind goes blank. (laughs) Like, could not tell you. (laughs) But I know it. Yeah, right. I just can't bring it to mind on command. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. We were talking about pools. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Seth and an unnamed girl strip and dive into the pool but Callie hesitates a little bit Clay Jensen is sitting on the bleachers nearby completely unnoticed by the thruple and his face is totally unreadable to me (laughs) (laughs) so um when I was watching this Aaron was sitting in the kitchen eating and he looked up at the screen and he goes it's that Nick Jonas guy (laughs) about 13 reasons why guy he okay like He apparently thinks that he looks like Nick Jonas. And I can never tell if he's being serious or if he's just doing it to annoy me. It's got to be to annoy you. He doesn't. I, I, No, I don't see it at all. But he's been saying this for years. And, like, even before 13 Reasons Why came out, because this show happened before 13 Reasons Why. Uh So when when he was cast for 13 Reasons Why, Aaron was like, oh, it's that Nick Jonas guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Aaron does that kind of stuff all the time for so long. Whenever we'd be in public and we'd hear, like, a pop song by whatever female pop singer it was, like, did not matter, he, he would point and he would go, is this Halsey? <laughs> like, no, my love. Not everything is Halsey. <laughs> He's going for the long con. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, as she's starting to take her shirt off to jump in, she sees the opposite corner of the pool beginning to freeze. The water is quickly freezing towards them. So Callie tells them to get the fuck out of there. And then the water on their end of the pool starts freezing too. And so instead of like swimming to the sides of the pool, which would be the closest exits, uh, they swim as fast as they can towards the farthest corner of the pool where the steps are and where the ice like originated from. <laughs> I <don't- laughs> Listen, they're, they're, little, they're little skinny like noodle arms science kids. They need the steps. They can't just hoist themselves out of the pool who do you think they are operations uh i mean i'm not much to talk about bad decision making like i moved to a new state in the middle of august of 2020 so okay (laughs) i'll give it to him The girl gets out in time, but Seth's foot gets caught in the ice and he can't free it. So Callie and the other girl are trying to pull him out, but he is stuck, stuck. So Clay finds like a pool cleaning net and stabs the ice, but like a mile away from where this guy's foot is. I don't know how (laughs) he's even like, it's not even pretending to be helpful, but... (laughs) But it does work, and his foot is freed. So then instead of thanking Clay for his help, the thruple just all stare at him as they put, like, a shield robe over him. And then Seth 
and the girls walk away. Like, rude. <laughs> he just saved your foot. <laughs> but he's the, the nerdy, quiet guy, so. Yeah, of course. You have to be rude to him. It's the rule. <laughs> Um, so this episode's freezing effects were handled by uh, COSA VFX, C-O-S-A, mm-hmm. uh, and the hurricane sequence was handled by Fuse FX, who I believe has done a few other things on the show as well. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. So this episode was one of the most effect-heavy episodes of the season. Mm. We're very familiar with hurricanes down oh, here yes very <laughs> a little too familiar you not so much anymore you got you got a little <laughs> farther west listen i had like a solid 25 years of experience <laughs> that's plenty that's plenty so uh <laughs> moving on in his office colson is looking at uh selfies from when he was dead and then simmons voice comes in saying there is nothing more unsettling than being part of something so horrible and being completely unaware We love a good double meaning because she's actually talking to Fitz in another room about Cadet Dormer almost dying in the pool. The insta-freeze was caused by a device that Fitzsimmons apparently helped come up with years ago, but they never actually made it themselves. They just, like, came up with the technology for it. It seemed to have been planted in the filter of the pool days beforehand. And since Fitz and Simmons both designed, like, major parts of the technology used to make this device, the Academy wants them to be part of the investigation. So they all have to go to the science tech part of the school and give the students the talk. The talk. We've all heard the talk. (laughs) Yes, of course. Sky is excited to finally see the shield Hogwarts, and Ward's a little excited too. He's never seen the Sci-Tech school. Fitz and Simmons both give him a very, very judgy look. <laughs> and I was like, uh, did the super spy jock program like bully the super spy nerd program or something? Like, what's going on? I think it was a mutual bullying. <laughs> So Ward explains that really the only program of the Academy that talks to the others is communications, which that makes sense. And Simmons says that communications is the easiest program to get into in the Academy. And Fitz is like, that's where you'd be, Sky. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Data analysis is valuable. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's fairly easy to learn. Right. <laughs> So Ward adds that operations is the program that has the worst retention rate. And when Skye asks which is the hardest to get into, Simmons just smiles smugly. (laughs) Clearly, science and operations have a huge rivalry. So May walks by and Skye tries to playfully include her in the conversation, but May just says that she and Coulson aren't going. They have other matters to attend to. So as May walks away, uh, Y and Fitzsimmons all huddle a little closer so they can gossip about Coulson not coming out of his office in a while. Ward acts like he knows literally anything about the situation, but he's really just making sweeping statements and assumptions, just like he does about May. He says, since Coulson is down and out for now, it's on this part of the team to figure out what's going on at the Academy. So the Academy scenes were shot at College of the Canyons in Santa Clarita, California. It's a very, like, sprawling campus. It's beautiful. I would love to visit there someday. And the boiler room hangout set uh, that we see later in the episode, that was built elsewhere. Okay. Monica Owusu-Breen. Her name is Monica, right? Shit, let me look up again. I have such a bad memory. <laughs> yes, Monica. 
Now let me scroll back down. I'm going to start over. <laughs> um, Monica Owusu-Breen, who co-wrote this episode, said that it was really fun to design the boiler room hangout. I bet. And a lot of thought went into what it would be like to have all the greatest scientific minds in one area. Oh, yeah. Because um, that does make sense. It definitely makes sense that the SciTech school would be a hell of a lot more fun than the operations school. Because, yeah. one... Operations, from how Ward describes it, sounds like basically military school. Yeah. It sounds awful. Right. <laughs> I would hate it there. <laughs> but, like, the, the SciTech, obviously, you know, they, they have the minds and the tools to create all of these, like, cool things. To create literally anything. Yeah. And, like, I, I can definitely see them making, like, a whole ass bar in their boiler room. Right. Like, yeah, that was a. I loved seeing that. Also, like, nerds are more fun than jocks any day. Absolutely. Like, All the time. So, at the Shield Academy Science and Technology Division, Simmons is giving Sky and Ward the tour and mentions that you have to have a PhD just to be admitted. And again, how old are they? <laughs> because. <laughs> well, later on, they do say that. Um, Later on, they do say that Donnie is, like, 18, and he's the youngest since Fitzsimmons, so... Yeah, so, like, they were, what, 19? 1920, I guess. They must have gotten PhDs early, and then... That blows my mind. God. Like, <laughs> they're, they're very smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Fitz asks Ward if it was what he imagined, and they both just immediately start roasting each other's programs. Ward is like... SciTech students aren't very muscular, nor are they in uniform. <laughs> and like, okay, well, just because you can be trusted to pick a nice outfit every day doesn't mean nobody can. They all are dressed very nicely. Yeah. Um, and then Fitz is like, at least none of our students have an IQ in double digits, which I know that he means that they all have IQs in triple digits because they're super smart. But do you know how easily Ward could have just turned that into, yeah, they all have single digits. <laughs> And Fitz's head would have exploded. And I think that would have been so funny, but Ward is too stupid for that. I can imagine <laughs> Fitz coming back with, like, well, that's the most illogical thing I've ever heard in my life. Why would they have single digits? <laughs> you have to have a PhD to get in. And also, just as a sidebar, IQ is about as useful at determining intelligence as BMI is at determining overall health. So we'll just leave that there. Nothing <laughs> is black and white. Anything that is, like... This is bad yep. and this is good and this number is where you need to be that it's likely probably going to be bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> but God, fits with the sick burns. Yes. Sick ass burns this episode. He's so, He's so ruthless. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, then Agent Weaver comes over and greets them, and she explains that they narrowed down the suspects to the top 10% of their cadets and that they need to find the bad seed. And then Ward turns to Sky and tries to mansplain the term <laughs> bad seed. <laughs> Sky's like, bro, that's not a shield term. That's just a term. <laughs> I love that we've basically taken the same exact notes for this episode, because my note was just Ward mansplaining bad scene. Yeah. <laughs> so Ward quickly changes the subject out of sheer humiliation and asks to re-question the victim. Weaver agrees and takes Fitzsimmons with her, leaving Skye and Ward alone. As they walk away, Fitzsimmons are, like, waving to everyone they pass. It was so cute. <laughs> And Sky's like, look at them, the popular kids. Who knew? And Ward says, I knew. What? No, you didn't. 
you underestimate them every single goddamn day. He just has to be, like, right all the time. Yeah. Like, he just talks out of his ass, and he's like, these are facts because I decided they are. I just, I, yeah. Anyway. So we're back to Ward hating, by the way. We gave him a break for a couple episodes, but now we're back in full force. He's annoying as shit in this episode. Yes. So Ward brings Sky to the Wall of Valor, which Sky somehow knows immediately because every shield facility has a memorial to the agents lost in the line of duty. And like, how the fuck does she know that? I don't know. Um, do they say that on their website or something? It amazes me how much people in the MCU know about just like random ass civilians are like, yeah, this, this, and this about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought that S.H.I.E.L.D. was, like, a fully, like, secret thing until a few years ago. How do y'all know this? Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so she notices that Bucky Barnes is listed on the memorial, and I did not know that Bucky was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Like, <laughs> what movie was that in? Oh, my God. Again, <laughs> same notes. This might be a very boring episode. <laughs> Bucky wasn't a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, though. I'm pretty sure. He wasn't? Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure he was just in the army. Okay. It could be, like, an honorary thing. I don't know. I just, I like, I haven't seen most of the movies, but I was like, I I guess I missed that one. Yeah, Bucky is presumed dead at this okay. point. But it could be, it definitely could be an honorary thing, because in the world of this show, Peggy Carter founded S.H.I.E.L.D., and so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, she and Bucky were friends. Yeah, okay. So, could be. But, um, so Sky notes the inclusion of Bucky Barnes on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Wall of Valor. This was ahead of his prominent role in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Ah. This episode came out four months before the movie. So it's kind of like a little clever, like, hey, remember Bucky? Yeah, a little Easter egg. You remember that guy? (laughs) That's like Taylor Swift level Easter egg. I just, I like the idea of like, like shield having like a little tiny marketing team that like redesigns their logos and they have like a brand rehaul <laughs> graphic designers yes i love it i wonder if, if graphic designers go to the sci tech or the communications school <laughs> they probably have to do they're like dual enrolled <laughs> So back on the plane, May interrupts Coulson going through his own file yet again. He's trying to wrap his mind around what happened to him, but May says he needs to stop torturing himself all over again. He says, Director Fury would have continued to keep this from me if I hadn't asked him. And May says, and now that you know, do you feel better? And like, hold up. (laughs) I appreciate that she's trying to like get him to think about something else less painful but it was a severely painful and traumatizing thing that happened to him against his will and he's allowed to be mad that it was kept from him but like i guess that's what we're doing to sky right now so whatever right yeah (laughs) so then may tells colson that they are heading to mexico city on a lead that she found about sky's past the agent who brought sky to the orphanage agent linda avery was killed but her partner wasn't agent richard lumley disappeared the day after avery was murdered but he has resurfaced by way of accidentally photobombing a selfie in a grocery store in mexico city (laughs) so they need to find him before he has a chance to disappear again for another 20 years i love just like a mexican teenager taking a selfie in a grocery store and then just like on facebook yes (laughs) there's like this secret agent in the background like shit i've been made (laughs) i've been made (laughs) (laughs) so lumley was either the one who killed agent avery or he is terrified of the same fate 
So back at the Academy, Agent Weaver is leading an assembly and introducing the youngest graduates the Academy has ever had, Gemma Simmons and Leopold Fitz. And Leopold? (laughs) (laughs) I knew his name was Leo, but I did not know that it was Leopold. (laughs) I wasn't intentionally keeping that from you, but I was kind of looking forward to when you found out. (laughs) Leopold. I love... (laughs) So Fitz is killing this crowd. God, he is so funny and everyone knows it. They start to dive into a lecture about the history of S.H.I.E.L.D., presumably the bad parts of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they advanced technology just because they could without stopping to think if they should. (laughs) Ward is questioning Seth and asking, are you sure you don't know of anyone in the top 10% of your class that would want to hurt you? And Seth is like, um, no, I'm best friends with everyone in the top students. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to do a fuckboy laugh, but that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, we may be competitive, but we don't go around killing our competition. We're not operations. No offense. But he meant full offense. And Ward's like, no, you're right. <laughs> so operations sounds awful. <laughs> Ward's like, do you know how many people I killed in my class? Like, at least five. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think I graduated? <laughs> I don't even know how to fight. (laughs) That's the final exam. They put us in an arena and the one that makes it out wins. Passes. So Ward hands Seth the list of the top 10% and asks again if he is friends with absolutely everyone on that list. Seth says everyone except that Clay Jensen looking guy. Nick Jonas. He's just quiet and asocial and doesn't talk to anyone that he thinks is dumber than him. And I clearly don't like him at all. But no, I don't think it's him. And didn't even mention that Clay's the one who saved him. So, okay. (laughs) Also, like, who goes to the pool to study? Yeah. You could get your books wet. I don't know if this is just a Louisiana thing because Louisiana is just very humid in general. Yeah. But every indoor pool I have ever been to is so fucking humid. It's terrible. The textbook pages would get damp. Just from being in there. So Fitzsimmons are continuing with their lecture. They're talking about how S.H.I.E.L.D. was founded after the SSR was able to defeat HYDRA. And they mention a few villainous organizations, HYDRA, Centipede, AIM... Like the instant messenger. <laughs> I meant to look that up. I didn't. I didn't know what they were talking about either. <laughs> I was very confused by that, but it makes sense. You know, everybody was on it. Everybody was spilling all their secrets onto AIM. So if yep. they were collecting data, yep. like I can see it. That's true. Absolutely. So Clay is in the lecture hall, looking indubitably suspicious, and then he starts freezing from the feet up. He starts yelling how only Clay Jensen can yell, and I was cracking up. Okay, okay, but the, the scream track when he starts freezing, <laughs> like, did you, did you notice it, like, right before it cuts to commercial? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I'll try to grab a sound clip, but it was so funny. It was obviously, like, one of those, like, soundboard screams, like, <laughs> That was a bad impression, but, like, you know the But I know what you're talking, talking about, about. yeah. Like, <laughs> make it stop! It was so funny. I was cracking up. Oh, and he, then when he's actually screaming, he's just like, "Help me! Help me! Help me!" <laughs> um. So he turns into a block of ice as Fitzsimmons is rushing to his aid. Uh, Simmons gets some kind of glucose shot ready or something um while fitz tries to break some of the ice and expose some skin oh la la (laughs) 
Lord shows up somehow, and Fitz tells him, something is doing this to him. Find it, which is very helpful. (laughs) So Skye finds it, and Fitz says to smash the damn thing. She does, and Clay immediately thaws, and Callie was watching the whole time. Is she horrified? Is she guilty? So then we cut to a douchebag-looking guy in a car yelling at someone on a phone. (gasps) He's Ian Quinn! I forgot about him. (laughs) The worst. And of course he's to blame. Who else have we known to create technology just because he can without stopping to think about if he should? Just saying. Exactly. So back in the lecture hall, Skye is asking Clay if he knows of anyone who might want to hurt him, but he says he doesn't know anyone, period. Agent Weaver has him escorted to his dorm, and he stops and apologizes to Fitzsimmons for ruining their lecture. Like, um, bro, that's not your fault. Although... I I guess it kind of was. That was a clue. Mm. So the team is realizing that Clay was the intended target all along. He doesn't necessarily have any enemies, but he also doesn't have any friends. And then Weaver says that he is 18. This kid has a PhD at 18. What? (laughs) I think the actor was actually 16 at the time of filming. So... There's yeah. that, too. He was some baby. Uh, also, again, he she says, like, youngest since you two, which implies that Fitzsimmons were only a little older right. than that when they started. Literal children. Babies. Babies all. <sighs> so Weaver says that the school was thinking of graduating him early and sending him to work at the sandbox. But he doesn't even like regular academy school, so they're afraid that he will, quote, wash out. And, like, does that mean drop out, like... Can they just use normal words? (laughs) (laughs) So Ward thinks that maybe someone wants him to drop out. Someone jealous of his success. Ward sends Weaver to investigate the students by interrogating them again. But since the Academy literally teaches these students to keep secrets, Ward and his babies have their own investigation to conduct. May and Colson begin their stakeout for Lumley outside a Mexico City restaurant. That was just a very quick... (laughs) Yeah, very quick scene. Very quick. Little setup. Um, so back on campus, Ward is saying that Sky will be trying to blend in with the students to get information since she looks young enough to be one of them. And Sky balks. She's like, uh, Ward isn't exactly old man River. And I beg to differ, Mr. Doodad, but. He definitely okay. looks older than them. Yes, for sure. He at least looks late 20s, early 30s. Too old for college. Yeah. And definitely doesn't look like someone who would be in the SciTech program. And no, all. definitely not. <laughs> His clothes are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sky also says that Fitz looks younger than all of them, to which Fitz replies, the time will come when you won't make fun of me for that anymore. You'll be jealous. You'll be jealous, you wrinkly old hags. (laughs) I feel your baby-faced pain, Fitz. Oh my god, he's so funny. (laughs) So my sister's sister's niece, like on her husband's side, Mm They had them over to visit, and I went over, and I don't know how old she was. She was really little, but she comes up to me, and she goes, what does your school go to? <laughs> like, asking me, like, what school I go to, and I'm like, oh, no, honey, I don't go to school. I'm a grown-up. I know I don't look like one. Aww. <laughs> and she wanted me to play with her. Like, she really thought I was a kid. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> so Fitz is sent to talk to Donnie, and I was like, who's Donnie? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's Clay, Um, because Fitz is something of a hero to him, and Clay could use some friends regardless. Simmons is like, that's a wonderful idea. And Fitz, ever humble, says, Ward has them from time to time. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Fitz goes off to find Clay, and Sky and Simmons poke fun at Ward for complimenting Fitz. The bar is so low. Literally. <laughs> I watched this episode multiple times, and, like, each time I was struggling to find, like, what they thought was sweet, I was like, like, what did he say? I, I don't... Yeah. That, that doesn't seem worthy of praise. Same. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, he just stated a fact that... <laughs> that Clay is like, looks up to Fitz, but okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so Simmons leads Sky and Ward down to where the SciTech students hang out, which is apparently the boiler room, but they've made a few improvements. So now it's a whole speakeasy style, like sports bar, basically. <laughs> she asks, do they have one of these in operations? And Ward is looking around stunned and he's like, uh, no. <laughs> and Simmons is like, didn't think so. <laughs> I love it. She's so cute. She's so smug. I fucking love it. (laughs) So Fitz shows up at Clay's dorm and Clay is starstruck. Agent Fitz, sir. (laughs) And Fitz is just standing there with his little hands on his hips like Forrest Gump. And he's like, "Ah, Fitz is fine. (laughs) And he just walks in. (laughs) He is so adorable. So as Fitz is looking around Clay's room and comparing it to his own dorm when he was there, Fitz tries to get Clay to speak up about if anyone is targeting him. He's like, I know all freshmen get pranked, but not all of them have to be thawed. And then he starts noticing some of the impressive gadget designs that Clay has around the room. Fitz tells him that he should be running these big ideas by his instructors, but Clay says he has even bigger ideas. So over in Mexico City, May and Coulson are still on their stakeout. (laughs) Wow. I bet that was a very easy week of filming for them because (laughs) they're literally just like, it's like one scene. (laughs) But they just split up. So May is hypothetically telling Coulson hypothetically what she would hypothetically do in a hypothetical situation where she would hypothetically need to go off the grid hypothetically to hypothetically hide from S.H.I.E.L.D. Hypothetically. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And Coulson's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you talking so much? She has basically said more words in like the last three minutes than in the decades that they've known each other. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. (laughs) She's like, I'm talking because you're not. And he's like, why are you so suddenly interested in Skye's investigation? And she brushes him off with a Skye has proven herself. And Coulson's like, I know that you're trying to distract me. And May's like, duh. Um, So Coulson decides to be a little bit vulnerable and he verbalizes his real fear. If they changed these memories, who's to say they didn't change more? And May says, I do. I say that because I knew you before and I know you now, Phil. Would you believe me at the very least? Coulson says he does, but it's time to get rid of all the secrets. So May pauses a beat and then she says, Agent Ward and I have been having sex. And then, fortunately or unfortunately, um, Coulson sees their target and immediately jumps out of the car without saying anything. <laughs> I, I love, one, May's confession cut short. Yes. And two, Coulson not reacting at all. <laughs> it, it was so funny. You get to see the very rare, like, distracted Agent May. Yeah. She's like, wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> right. she's like did i push you away i'm so sorry (laughs) um so lumley quickly catches on that he's being followed so he starts running and may isn't far behind they fight in an alley and god i love seeing may fight she's so goddamn good so good (laughs) 
He almost swallows like a suicide pill, but May kicks it out of his hands. He does take her down just long enough to run, but luckily Coulson and Lola pull up right then and block his path. I was so concerned. Okay, so like the pallet that he hits her with and it literally like cracks in half. Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen one of those pallets? Uh, like from working in retail and unloading the truck, yeah, those boards are so fucking thick. Yeah, like like. So- oh my goodness! Hello. Sorry, Chip. Chip, stop it. <laughs> Lay down. I gave you peanut butter so you would be quiet. Come here. Oh my god, ungrateful. Damn. Ungrateful son. May either has to be like pure muscle, almost steel, yeah. or he hit her like really, really hard for that to split in half, or both. <laughs> Could be both. So yeah, so luckily Coulson and Lola pull up right then and block his path. And Lumley instead starts climbing up a pipe on the side of the building. He pulls himself up to a fire escape and then turns around to see that Lola is in fact a flying car. Lola. My favorite character. So beautiful. Um, So Coulson introduces himself as a shield agent and Lumley says, oh, thank God. This is about the baby girl, isn't it? Huh? (laughs) Immediately? Really? Okay. (laughs) So on the plane, Lumley is talking to Coulson and May and explaining that the pill he was going to take was a cyanide pill because he was afraid they were going to do to him what someone else did to Agent Avery all those years ago. Lumley says that he and Avery were headed to China to investigate an 084. Lumley says that it was a bloodbath that they were entirely unprepared for. The senior officer was found dead under a bridge still holding the 084 and then Sky was the 084, so that joke you made in the 084 episode was a spoiler. Full disclosure, I didn't mean to, <laughs> but also, goddammit, we need to stop being the same person and start disagreeing about stuff. Literally, stop it. My my note here was, OMG, Sky actually was the 084, like episode two, she was right. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry if y'all wanted to hear us, like, arguing, but um, I... <laughs> I avoid conflict at all costs, and also we just know each other too well. We think the same. (laughs) Um, So, once Lumley and Avery got back stateside, their whole team started being tortured and killed one by one. So Avery used fake credentials to hide Skye's identity and ordered the foster home to switch her to a new home every few months for her entire life. Holy shit. Skye's bad experience in the foster system was to protect her. Oh, no. Like, that sucks and is comforting-ish right. at the same time. It's good that someone actually was looking out for her, but also that fucking sucks. Like, she didn't know that. I just didn't erase the trauma. Right. So May starts to tell him about Sky, but Lumley doesn't want to know anything about her except that she's okay. Coulson tells him that yes, she's safe, and he says, well then maybe it was all worth it. Lumley asks if they are going to turn him over to S.H.I.E.L.D., but Coulson doesn't trust that S.H.I.E.L.D. is the safest place for him right now, so they'll just, like, airdrop him somewhere along their route. Lumley thanks them, but warns that they should stop looking into this, and that they should stay away from Sky, both of which we know they will not do, because apparently everywhere Sky goes, death will surely follow. May and Coulson walk away, and she reminds him that no one can know about this meeting. He cannot tell Sky. And, like, May, he's just, he just said he's tired of secrets. You know he's not going to keep it from her anymore. We see where this is going. So, back at the Academy Speakeasy, 
uh, Sky meets up with Ward after flirting with the bartender, and she got a ton of info out of him. Sky is already an infinitely better spy than Ward. Literally. <laughs> Especially, like, she's talking to him and telling him where to look without even turning around. Yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. A plus. Love her. Incredible. So, for example, that old girl Callie really, really wanted that spot at the sandbox that the school was offering to Clay Jensen. And rumor has it, Callie got bumped from the top spot because of Clay. And Callie was there at the pool, and she was the only one who didn't go in. Hmm. Suspicious. Right, so this tidbit isn't about that scene specifically, but it is about this, like, general setting, sort of. So Elizabeth Hinstridge, who played Simmons, um, she did sort of like a semi-recap podcast slash YouTube live show where she would, like, invite people to watch the episode with her on YouTube oh. Live, and they would, like, talk about it and stuff. Oh. And th- it was always really fun to listen to. And she had her husband helping her with it. Uh, and for this episode, they told a story about a deleted scene between Simmons and her then-boyfriend, now-husband, Zachary Burr Abel. Oh. So Zach played Tad, who was a computer science cadet at the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy of Science and Technology and also a bartender in the boiler room. So Lil and Zachary had been dating for about a year beforehand. He auditioned for the part. He got it. He shot the scene, but then it was cut for time. Oh, no! Yeah, I know. It sounds like such a good scene, too. And, like, the actual scene of them interacting, it's not anywhere on the Internet. Apparently, they have it, but they... I don't know if they can put it out anywhere or if they just don't want to. Oh, okay. The scene was to set up the idea that Simmons was, like, the popular girl at the Academy and kind of a player. Oh! Like, she got around. Yes! <laughs> so Simmons and Skye are having a drink in the boiler room, and Agent Tad comes up and is like, Hey, Gemma, you never called me back. And it turns out that it was, like, a one-night stand situation. <laughs> and Skye was just, like, amazed. And in my search for that scene, I did not find it, but I found the deleted scene directly after. So if this link will work, I, like, clipped it. Gemma Simmons. <laughs> that guy was smoking hot. Did you guys... Only once. He has a low body fat percentage and his face is nice and symmetrical. But he is a bit boring. I've got to admit, when I imagine you and Fitz at school, I just pictured the two of you alone working in your lab eating paste. Though it may be news to you, I'm not exactly an ugly duckling, Sky. Being a new bar young prodigy with an above-average fashion sense draws attention from the opposite gender. No, I know. I don't have a pulse, I'm you so- know? Yeah, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Point taken. Simmons had boyfriends. Well, not quite. I didn't really find anyone that interesting, except Fizz. He was clearly the smartest one here. Were you guys best friends, or were you... We weren't friends. We were enemies, bitter rivals. Yeah. The two youngest in class, though he is 23 days older than me, for the record. Mm-hmm. We were so competitive, constantly trying to one-up each other. He hated me. Hated me. Really? Yeah, didn't speak to me. Finally, we were paired together in chem lab, much to our dismay, and then we know, just realized that combined we were twice as smart. Now... Don't tell him that I told you any of that. I wouldn't want his head getting any bigger than it already is. <laughs> She's 
say I do have a pulse? <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much for showing that to me. <laughs> You're welcome. It was lovely. I'm... I <laughs> It's like, I had a pulse. Oh, also, like, <laughs> earlier in that blooper reel, um, there's a scene from The Hub where May is doing, like, the same Tai Chi routine that Coulson talked at her during. And right after Coulson leaves, Gemma comes in. And she's like, oh, Agent May, thank goodness. Um, And, like, I don't remember exactly what happens, but, like, Gemma's trying to talk and May goes, no. <laughs> No. 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 Incredible. And then Gemma's like, I shot someone. And May goes, where's the body? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I wish they would have left that in. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) It's so good. (sighs) Okay, back to it. We're getting, we're going so over. Um, Okay, so over in Clay's dorm, Fitz is helping him work out the kinks on some inventions that Clay just couldn't get right. And Clay says, wow, it's true what they say. You really are the smartest person to ever come through here. And Fitz is like, oh, is that what they say? (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) And then he goes, you know, I mean, Simmons is probably smarter, like, technically, but only because she likes homework more than life itself. Wait, but I love that they both, they both were like, like very sweetly talking about the other one, but like separately at the same time. That's so (laughs) sweet. I love Fitz saying that Simmons is smarter than him. He's such a sweetie. They're so in love. (laughs) So Clay responds, wishing that he had a friend like that or at all. So over in the boiler room, Ward is attempting to flirt with Callie or like offer her a job. Ward, you can't do both. <laughs> they seem to try to do that all the time on this show. They're like flirting and offering people a job at the same time. And we just, that's not how that works. <laughs> so he tells her that he's looking to form a secret squad and he wants whoever came up with the freeze device to be on his team. And Callie's like, uh, even though it hurt both Clay and Seth, Ward goads her a little bit more saying, well, they both survived, right? And it works. Callie says, yeah, that was probably the best thing that happened to them all year anyway. And Ward's like, hey, you want to elaborate on that, you psychopath? (laughs) What? (laughs) And Callie tries to backpedal. She's like, oh, no, I just meant that they got to meet Agent Fitz and they've been talking about it for weeks. And weeks? They only showed up, like, that day because of Seth almost dying, like, last night or whatever. But apparently, Seth and Clay have been talking to each other about it for weeks. So Clay does have a friend! (laughs) And oh no, it's a plot against Fitz and they better fucking not. Oh, Fitz helped that little shit solve his power problem and Fitz unintentionally aided in his own assassination attempt. This is bullshit. (laughs) So Fitz runs back up to the dorm as soon as Simmons tells him what they learned in the boiler room. And all Clay says is that Fitz wasn't supposed to see the extra shelf that he lowered down carrying the bigger version of the freeze machine. And then Seth emerges from the shadows with a gun repeating, you weren't supposed to see this. And he takes a shot at Fitz and I'm going to tear this whole school to the ground if they hurt my baby Fitz. (laughs) So Fitz is knocked out and they better thank their lucky stars that he is still breathing because I would kill them. (laughs) Man, Fitz is always getting knocked out. Always. Poor baby. So they take the device and run as soon as he's on the ground. 
Back on the plane, Skye and Fitzsimmons meet up with Coulson and May to fill them in. Fitz still believes that Clay was just lonely and desperate for any kind of friendship, and that Seth manipulated that weakness to build this. Fitz also believes that they have some kind of backer to purchase the incredibly rare material that the device requires. Skye says she can track the purchases of the rare parts, and Coulson says that sometimes it's not a bad seed, but a bad influence. And as it turns out, Ian motherfucking Quinn was their backer. Fuck Ian's! Minus Ian's. <laughs> <laughs> Ian DeCastaker. Yes. And also Ian from Recovering Glee. Yeah, you're fine. Oh my god, I don't know if you saw that um, interaction after I had, like... So I'm a member of the Recovering Glee Patreon. Uh-huh. And, we, like, we had this hangout with all of the members and Ian and Lena, who I love so, so much. Yes. Um, and... They, you know, they asked me to talk about the podcast because they already knew who I was and that um, they kind of inspired me to, like, ask you Aww. to start. Anyways. <laughs> so, like, after all of that, I suddenly realized that in episode fucking three, I say that all Ians are the worst. <laughs> and Ian Allred, who co-hosts the podcast, obviously, yeah. is named Ian. I, like, tweeted at them. I'm like, oh, my God, no, I just realized that I say this in episode three. Please don't take it personally. (laughs) And they responded. They're like, no, but you're right. (laughs) I love them. They're so fun. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Anyway, so the team speculates on Ian's motives and then they move out. But Coulson is actively avoiding even eye contact with Skye. Skye notices and tries to talk to him, but he makes an excuse and literally runs away. (laughs) Seth is on the phone with Ian, begging for Ian to come pick them up because they are surrounded by shield checkpoints. But Ian is very much enjoying playing with them. He tells them he doesn't want to buy the device anymore. But when Seth begs, Ian says for Seth to turn it on so that he can see what he's paying for it in action. Seth asks Ian to confirm that if he turns on the machine right there at S.H.I.E.L.D., Ian will definitely come and pick them up. And Ian lies through his teeth and then hangs up before he tells his plane pilot to turn the fuck around. God, he's such a dick. I hate, I hate him so, so much. much. <laughs> God damn it. Leave that in. <laughs> I'm going to sink it up. <laughs> yes, please. Um, so Seth tries to convince Clay to turn on the machine, but Clay is nervous. They don't know how a full-size version of this thing with a new power source is going to react. It's just not safe. They haven't gotten to test it or anything. But Seth keeps pushing and guilting him until he finally does. This kid is using Donnie. I feel so bad. I know. He's just a baby. Leave him alone. A little baby. So back on the plane, Skye is trying to get Coulson to tell her what's wrong. And he finally starts by saying that Ian isn't the only person who manipulates people. S.H.I.E.L.D. literally teaches the class on that. And Coulson finally starts telling Skye about her past. And he admits that he never had any right to keep it from her. Thank God they mentioned that. That's what we just said. That's what we just said, like, last episode. Or the episode before. I don't know. I lose track. Anyways. Several episodes. Coulson <laughs> had no right to keep this from Sky. Exactly. And I'm glad that he finally fucking realized that. Yes. Um, so he warns her again that it may be hard to hear. And Sky says, again, it can't be worse than what she's imagined. And Coulson says, it is. And then he tells her the whole story. So this stood out to me because he said 24 years ago. 24. Chloe Bennett was fully 21 years old filming this so i don't know that was weird to me they reveal yeah. sky's like real age in a later season um and i don't remember if this lines up but 
I don't know. Yeah. It was weird to me. Well, I'm glad that we finally know her age because I was wondering. <laughs> so during the montage of Sky crying while hearing the news, everyone else is noticing the very sudden weather change conveniently coming from the machine Clay and Seth have. It's apparently starting a giant winter storm with, like, gigantic-sized hail. Clay tries to turn off the device, but Seth can only see the dollar signs he was promised for a working version of this thing. Clay says, all the money in the world won't matter if we're dead. <laughs> How timely. Put that on shelves for you, Paige. <laughs> like, the, like the oil company. Yes, I know. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, so... Ward has gathered as many people as possible into the boiler room. Coulson asks if Ward can get to the device in the parking garage not far from him, but the superstorm is even worse when Ward opens the door and he almost gets swept away in the wind. This, I, I quoted this. I don't know if this will translate into spoken word, but I thought it was really funny when I wrote it down. <laughs> so, quote, that's not far. I can get there. And then in, in the little stars, storm, storm, stormily. <laughs> Yeah, I can't get there. (laughs) Literally, that was, yes. (laughs) So uh, there's only one way for anyone to get to Clay. It's apparently for May to fly them over the storm and then descend through the eye. As May begins the turbulent descent, Fitzsimmons and Coulson and Skye are strapped into the emergency seats. Skye still looks shell-shocked by the news of her history, and Daddy Coulson takes her hand to comfort her. As the boiler room's power is flickering on and off, Clay and Seth are trying to disassemble the device. Just as they are about to finish, a bolt of lightning strikes Seth, sending him flying. And, like, I don't know if that's how lightning works, but it was very, very dramatic. (laughs) Seth fucked around and found out. Literally. The scientific method. (laughs) That is the scientific method, (laughs) basically. You fucked around and you find out. (laughs) The lightning did destroy the machine, but the icy superstorm continues to rage on. As Clay is realizing how hurt Seth is, the plane lands beside them. Coulson, Fitz, and Clay carry Seth into the plane while Simmons starts giving out orders to save him from cardiac arrest, including epinephrine? Like, an EpiPen? Like, was he allergic to the lightning? But then Simmons starts giving him CPR. Dr. Simmons in action. Like, it did something to me. I don't know, man. Her barking out orders. Yes. Very authoritative. Love it. Love it. Everything. Like, she's so, like, I don't know. It's hard, like, she's so cute and small, and I love her, and it's hard to, like, remember, like, (laughs) oh, this is a doctor. Right. Yeah. And it's not that I don't understand that she's a capable woman. Yeah, of course. But it's like, it's Simmons. (laughs) She's so little. No, it's Dr. Simmons. (laughs) That is little Dr. Simmons to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Simmons tries to bring him back with an AED, but after two tries, Coulson stops her saying that he's gone. And like, I'm pretty sure he's not a doctor, but okay, (laughs) whatever. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can try more than twice, but again, I digress. I guess the pulse was just like not there at all. I guess, I guess. (laughs) So then Clay tries to scream Seth back from the dead, which surprisingly didn't work. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I know it's a very, like, intense scene, but I couldn't stop, like, awkwardly laughing because I recognize that Dylan Minette only has two acting modes. Awkward, cringy silence or awkward, cringy yelling. (laughs) (laughs) And I love him, but I just laugh involuntarily whenever he tries to do any kind of emotionally charged scenes. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. It's so funny. <laughs> did you send me the TikTok of Dylan Minnette, or did that just pop up on my For You page? No, I sent it, because it popped okay. up on mine. <laughs> the embarrassing wave. <laughs> you can hear it. Can you hear it? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing it on my mic, so hopefully we can all hear it. <laughs> um, anyway... <laughs> So later, Fitz is escorting Clay to Agent Weaver's car, and he tries to encourage him, but Clay knows that his only friend is dead because of his actions, and nothing anyone says can help him feel better about that. And, like, his only friend was also very manipulative, entitled, and selfish, and that friend also had a very large hand in his own fate. I'm just saying. Poor kid, because, like, I would want to make him feel better in that situation and be like, that guy wasn't really your friend. Right. But, like, that's not the thing to even say. Right, like, that's not helpful either. He didn't have any friends. <laughs> like, his only friend wasn't even his friend. Exactly. Yeah. That's fucked. I hate that. I'm sorry, Clay. <laughs> We've been calling him Clay so much that I forget that his actual name is Don. And that's Clay. how I felt during the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who they were talking about every time they said Donnie. <laughs> So Coulson tells May that S.H.I.E.L.D. is moving Clay to the sandbox, not as a researcher, but so that they can keep an eye on him. And what is the sandbox again? Like, is it a prison? Was the sandbox the one that they went to in, like, the second episode where the rocket launched? I think it is. No. That was it? I think it was. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. There are so many. I have no idea. There are so many of them. Anyway, um, so May asks nervously if Coulson heard what she said in Mexico. And Coulson's like, uh, um, what specifically are you referring to? I don't know. May's like, you're going to make me repeat it, really? (laughs) Right. It's embarrassing enough that I'm doing it. (laughs) She's like, uh, you know, about me, like, fucking Ward. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no, I heard you, but, like, it's none of my business because you're a fucking adult. A fucking adult. Get it? Yes. She is sexually active, as my gynecologist yes. would say. <laughs> and he says, if it becomes a problem, I know you'll end it. Um, so then May asks about if Coulson told Skye everything. And I had to write down the whole like last monologue because it just was so well written and I loved it I so was much. crying. Yes, same. May says, it must have destroyed her to hear all that. And Coulson says... That's the thing about Skye. What I told her shattered her world. Her lifelong search led to stories of murder. Her search is over. Her story ends here. But you know what she said? She said no. Her story started here. Her whole life she thought she wasn't wanted, that she didn't belong, that every family that took her in didn't want her to stay, that they didn't care about her. But all that time it was S.H.I.E.L.D. protecting her, looking after her. That's what she took away from the story. Not the family she'll never have, but the one she's always had. Here I am telling her something that could destroy her faith in humanity, and somehow she manages to repair a little peace of mind. The world is full of evil and lies and pain and death, and you can't hide from it. You can only face it. The question is, when you do, how do you respond, and who do you become? It's so good. It's so well written. It's so good. Also, it occurred to me while you were reading it, I was like, oh my god, Sky's been calling S.H.I.E.L.D. Big Brother this whole time, and it like literally ah. was her big brother looking out for her. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Not the big brother she thought it was, but also that too. Not the big brother 
<laughs> Definitely also the big brother that we didn't want, but in this case, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Just, just this once. We'll give it a pass. We'll give the surveillance state a pass. Yeah. Just this once. For sure. And I had a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, 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 it really touched me because, like, Sky as a character is just so... Like, she's been through some shit, and she has managed to stay fairly optimistic through it all. Yeah, exactly. I I could absolutely see that whole shield being there for her being so comforting and validating. Like, she finally knows that the things that happened to her were for a specific reason, and they weren't her fault at all. It wasn't because, like, she was unlovable that she kept moving foster homes. It was because it was for her own protection. Like, I, I, I love that she finally got some peace there, you know? Yeah. However, <laughs> I do feel like S.H.I.E.L.D. could have, like, told her about it at some point. Absolutely. After she came of age. Yes. Uh, like, or they could have given her a job. Like, this girl was homeless. <laughs> yes. Like, they just let they her don't... age out of the foster system. Having never stayed anywhere for more than a yeah. And then, like, after that, they were just like, well, good luck, I guess. You're on your own. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and, like, especially... If, if, if the thing that was after you finds you now, you're not our problem. Exactly. Anymore. Like, especially since this thing, the whoever or whatever is coming after her is leaving a trail of bodies behind them. Like, and they're, they were just like, eh, you'll be fine. Yeah. It seems like they should have taken her to the sandbox or something, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it would real. suck, like, growing up in, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and, like, you know, being raised by whatever S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was assigned to you or whatever, but, like, yeah. it would be better than being, like, growing up thinking that you are so unlovable that no one wants to keep you yeah. and, like, aging out of the foster system and into poverty like, exactly. That on I would choose being raised in a shield facility. <laughs> right. Exactly. And also, I feel like calling shield her family is a bit of a stretch. Like she had one singular agent who was looking out for her as a baby and set up this whole system like using another dead agent's name to make sure she was protected because the organization would not have allowed it under Agent Avery's own name. Yeah. And, like, now she has a family within S.H.I.E.L.D., like, her own little team. I I think that she could consider them family, but I don't think that the organization as a whole cares about her in the least. No, absolutely not. I mean, like, Victoria Hand, Exhibit A. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria and her secrets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know, I look at it as, I can see myself making that conclusion in my own mind if I were in that situation. Yeah. And it would not be out of genuine, like, oh my god, this is such a relief, like, I'm so happy that it was this the whole time. It would be more like me desperately trying to make it click, like make yeah. it come full circle, try to make like something positive out of, about it. Because to be quite honest, that is like, that's my number one coping mechanism is, all right, let's, <laughs> let's find a way to make this come full circle. Right. And where I am now is actually where I was always meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I do, I really do love, though, that Coulson and Skye are, like, learning from each other and helping each other through this, like, super heavy shit. Because it's not just, like, a one-sided mentor-mentee kind of relationship. Like, their mutual respect for each other is beautiful. I love that. I, I believe definitely that we are supposed to be drawing, like, to, to be seeing a father-daughter sort of relationship yeah. in them. Like, I think that's intentional for sure. Yeah. I think they do that really, really well. Um, so d- during that monologue, though, we see a montage of Skye at the Wall of Valor tracing her finger over the plaque bearing Agent Avery's name. And Ward is smiling at her like he's in love with her. <laughs> and we know it. <laughs> And we also see Clay Jensen run his finger over the car window and leave a trail of ice behind it. A new supervillain! Okay, so I debated putting this because I wasn't sure if it was a spoiler, but, like, it's not. Okay. Um, So in the comics, as you guessed, Donnie Gill is also known as Blizzard. Uh, mm. He is a supervillain. In the comics, he has a powered suit that provides him the ability to produce ice and cold. So it's not like a, oh, lightning struck my machine and now I have ice powers sort of thing. Which, the the powered suit makes sense because that's kind of Iron Man's M.O. And so he's a longtime foe of Iron Man. Uh, He's one of Iron Man's main villains. Okay, okay. I knew he was a comic book character just from that name. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, again, no spoilers, but I really wish they would have done more with it. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the post-content content! Oh my god, did you see that um, someone commented on the TikTok I posted yesterday? And they were like, the fact that we have to wait a whole week for a new episode is a crime. Stop! <laughs> Okay, post-content content. Okay, post-content content. So, Ian Quinn answers a call from Seth's phone number, immediately saying that Seth exceeded Ian's expectations with that device. But it's Coulson's voice on the other line saying, We're on to you, you little bitch, you little weasel. Bitch boy. And then Ian's like, uh, who it is? And Coulson's like, well, we've never actually met, but darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. And I know everything (laughs) about you. (laughs) And there's nothing I do better than revenge. Yes! Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot to put that in. (laughs) 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 And so... And so Ian's like, Ian's like, oh my god, so you're saying you're interested in me? <laughs> and Coulson's like, no, I hate you. And if you ever fly over any country ever again, I will personally shoot you out of the sky. And I have a real good aim, so don't even try to dodge it, okay? <laughs> and Ian's like, oh, so this is a courtesy call. And Coulson's like, uh, yeah. Uh, duh. <laughs> and Ian's like, well, I have a message for you, too. And Coulson's like, oh, what's that? And Ian goes, the clairvoyant says hi. Oh, my God! (laughs) It's all connected. Whoa! And then Coulson's like, oh, what? (laughs) I love that. I love that. The (laughs) end. And scene. <laughs> Overall thoughts. What 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 have you got? Okay. Um. So first of all, I'm just gonna apologize for the last whole bit because I was writing like the last three fourths of this at like 1 a.m. So I have no idea <laughs> what was going on. 
<laughs> I had a little too much fun with it. <laughs> and okay, and second of all, I feel so relieved. Things are finally going back to normal a little bit. Sky's got a little closure. Ward is in love with Sky again. Granted, he's still sleeping with May, but who knows what'll happen between now and next week, as long as they don't show it, because I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, I feel, I feel zen now. So what were your overall thoughts on this episode? I feel like I get all of my thoughts out um, during the episode, but I really... I like this episode. I like that we get to see the Academy. Yeah, that was um, I cool. like that we get to see at least a glimpse of Fitzsimmons being like the popular kids. Yeah. Um, I really wish we would have kept that one night stand scene though. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just really love like um, the story, the like the story building. Um, again, second half of season one is when they really got like the reins of the show back from the network. Mm-hmm. This is where it really kicks into high gear. This is when they start making the show that they want. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the back half of season one cool. and seeing your reaction to it. They couldn't see your peace signs. <laughs> that was just for you. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, that concludes our episode on season one, episode 12, Seeds. Woo! If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod. You can also go to anchor.fm slash agentsofnothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts. You can also donate to us on Anchor if you want to. No pressure, but also we would appreciate it. We love you. (laughs) I love you. Give me money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can also email us at agentsofnothingpodcast at gmail.com and we might read it on the show. We might do a little bonus episode one day. And also, if you would like to rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Yes, please. That would be very helpful. It really does help the show. Uh, I'm not sure how, but I hear other podcasts saying that. So <laughs> now I'm also saying it. Once we find out, we'll let you know how it helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll let you know exactly how it helps later. All right. Um, our personals, you can find me on Twitter at fullswampwitch underscore on TikTok at Submarine Warfare and on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can follow me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, and on TikTok at CrazyGinger995. Next week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 13, looking number 13, yeah. Tracks, so stay tuned for that. That's all, y'all. Okay, bye! Bye!